Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable competitive future in Cork business. Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Well, we've given Red Business a lick of paint to welcome IBEC as our new sponsor, and we're going to hear from IBEC CEO Danny McCoy about why they are expanding in Cork. We're also going to hear from a woman whose range of what I used to call smellies back in the old days sold out in their first week on sale in Brown Thomas. But first... More good news on the jobs front for Cork. A hundred posts being created at a company called Star Circle. And James Galvin is the company's founder and CEO. He's with me now. Hey, James. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. You're very welcome to Red Business. Tell me a little bit about Star Circle. What do you guys do? Star Circle is a tech-enabled talent sourcing solution which helps companies access undiscovered passive talent. Right. Okay. Now, I I need a little bit more explanation there. What do you do in terms of using that talent? Because you've got some pretty impressive companies on the books, don't you? Exactly. So in the marketplace at the moment, everybody's looking to hire in the technology sector, uh, internet companies that are growing very fast. They need to hire candidates. But, you know, most candidates these days are now passive. They're not actively looking for a job. So it's not that easy like it used to be 15 years ago to, to hire talent at scale. You have to go out. You've got to look for them. You've got to speak to a lot of different people to find the the, the right hires. So it's a new challenge that, that's facing companies increasingly so in recent years. Uh, and at Star Circle, we've developed a solution involving technology, data, and advisory here, headquartered out of Cork and Ireland, that helps companies go broader in their search and access the type of, of candidates that they would not otherwise have come across in their search. So name the kind of companies that you've been helping. We work with a lot of the big tech and internet companies, mostly fast-growing kind of you know, unicorn, decacorn-type companies uh, or established multinationals in the tech sector. So some of our big clients early on um, would have been the likes of Google, Amazon uh, and Facebook uh, and uh, we, we still work with those those big uh, multinational tech companies but we're also seeing a lot of demand more recently from from fast growing uh, startups uh, and internet companies like DoorDash and uh, even uh, Intercom from Ireland. Now, of course, it's ironic that you are a recruitment company that's looking to recruit. Uh, so therefore, you, I'm sure the irony isn't lost on you, but it's a reflection of how quickly you've grown, isn't it, that you're looking to increase your numbers by so many? Yeah, well, I suppose firstly, we, we wouldn't um, label ourselves as a re- recruitment company because what we're doing is uh, quite disruptive to the recruitment industry and in many ways uh, different from, from what uh, recruitment firms do. Um, and, you know, the fact that our, our offering is very different, um, it's, it's rooted in technology and data analytics means it's, it's again, it's something that's a bit new to the market and the uh, the, the, the type of roles that we would be hiring for uh, haven't been around for, for all that long. Um, so they're also in high demand. So so we're also uh, casting a wide net uh, to, to speak to as many people as we can possibly uh, identify to help build our own workforce here in Ireland. When, when people aren't looking for a job and, and they might be stuck in a job or they might feel as if, well, it's okay for now and a new job comes along that'll be perfect for them, it must be very hard to try and pair them up because if they're not looking or, or if they're kind of just coasting along, opportunities may pass them by, James. Is that where you guys come in? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think that um, there's there's a shift now as well away from the job description and the job opportunity, uh, which was traditionally very reactive. You know, companies decide, well, I've got this job uh, requirement that I need to fill. Then they go out to the talent pool or they go hiring on job boards and, you know, engage with recruiters and try to fill the job. Now it's it's shifting towards a more proactive process and it's not specifically about the job description anymore or, or the opportunity but it's it's more about the company um the environment the culture uh and and a lot of companies uh, now are, are building very long-term relationship not thinking about the the hire uh not even thinking about a hire in the next three or six months but but trying to, to meet the type of people that they think you know they should stay in touch with and, and, and potentially bring on board, you know, within a, 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 the next 18 months or two years uh, and build that employer brand, get it out there so that people, um, you know, if, if they ever start looking around, they'll, they'll know where to start as well. So from the candidate side, you know, even though, you know, as a, as a passive, uh, somebody who's not actively looking for a job, it's always good to, to know who are the companies in your space uh, what they value, what the environment's like, and what their strategies are broadly. And, uh, you know, once you get to know uh, who's in your space, you you can make better decisions then yeah. as to where so, you might so, want to work in So the you, you have these companies shop window themselves then. Do you identify why why somebody would want to work there? Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, the, the shop window is, is your employer brand. Uh, getting your employer brand out there. Um, so even if somebody is not immediately looking right now, uh, it, it can be good to have a conversation and, and uh, to, to get the brand out. What's it like uh, setting up a company like this in Cork? Because it makes perfect sense, I'd say, to have this over in Silicon Valley or to have it in New York or London or, or Frankfurt or, or any country, Singapore. You're doing it out of Cork, out of Thompson's Bakery, as people would know it locally. Um, <laughs> has, has that been uh, an experience for you? And what's it been like? Yeah, it's definitely been an experience. It hasn't been, you know, a, a straight line uh, of a journey so far. And uh, personally, I, I've been all over the world um, meeting clients and, you know, building our team in, 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 uh, in other countries, including you know, Singapore and in California. Um, and there are certain strengths that Cork has. Uh, and, and one is, is the talent that's here. Um, so there, there's a really, for, for a relatively small population, there's a phenomenal talent pool here. Uh, I'm really proud, in fact, uh, you know, having spent so long overseas uh, at the caliber of talent that's here coming back now, uh, you know, people that I would have have, have uh, known uh, 10 years ago uh, now in, in really doing amazing things at, at, at their companies uh, in the tech space and and, and, um, and people that I, I wouldn't have known 10 years ago now, uh, you know, in abundance. You know, there's so many great companies here. There's so many uh, uh, great people that, that we've been meeting uh, uh, and interviewing over the last six months. Uh, really impressed by the strength and the depth of the talent pool here. And in that context, James, there's a maturity that's creeping in. And I've heard this from a couple of different people that we now have got the standard of executives or the standard of people who've, who've cut their teeth with those big multinationals who are now looking for different opportunities and they're able to bring experience to Irish companies that can help move them to the next level. It's almost as if, you know, the training wheels are coming off corporate Ireland. We know how things work now and we're able to kind of do our own thing. 
Yeah, and I've heard it said before many times that Ireland is really great at producing, you know, top management and, um, you know, middle management. Um, but traditionally, I would have thought, you know, technology might be something that we're, we're a little bit weaker at. You know, having done computer science myself, um, you know, I would have would have been focused very much on the, uh, the hardcore technology, the coding skill. And, you know, compared to Eastern Europe and, and other countries, uh, Ireland might not have been as strong as that. Maybe we don't even value it as highly in our culture uh, as they do elsewhere. But what we what we bring to that is is a, is a kind of rounded understanding, general business awareness, common sense um, and the and the Irish are very good at that but but additionally we as being part of the EU we've got a really strong multinational workforce here in Ireland and uh, the ability to bring in people from the rest of Europe as well so it's a great place to, to, to headquarter a tech company and to build a tech company um, things like product management uh, you know commercial team uh, uh, we, we've got it all here uh, and if we're lacking some of the technical hard skills well, they can be brought in from around Europe. Okay, well, James, we wish you the best luck as you hire those new superstars to join Star Circle. James Galvin, CEO and founder of Star Circle. Thanks for joining us on Red Business, James. Thanks very much, Jonathan. I see you. Red Business, all that's best about business in Cork. Our next guest is marking her first year in business and is here to tell us all about her journey. She's been working in Ireland's spa scene for years, developing products for some of the best-known luxury escapes. But then she decided, why don't I do it for myself? And Ground Wellbeing was born. Peggy and Crowley, how are you? Jonathan, I'm great. Thanks a million. Lovely to be here. It's lovely to talk to you. Now, I'm a little bit of a Philistine um, when it comes to these things. I I tend to know they exist, but I don't necessarily use them. uh, And I'm not sure I'm even your target market. So tell us a little bit about the product line. So Ground was born in lockdown, deep in lockdown, um, back in May. And it, it was born because basically... I designed spas for the likes of Adair Manor, the Marion, the Cliff Group. And alongside that, I developed concepts and treatments and products. And when all the spas were closed and my design projects were put on hold, there was just this moment in all the silence where I got brave and said, look, I have a brand. I have products that I produce that people repurchase and buy again. And I went into Brown Thomas and basically I just said, look, it's a well-being brand. It's not about beauty. It's not about anti-aging. It's about feeling well in yourself. It's through the lens of going to a spa. So it's using body oils, using balms, doing rituals at night to help you sleep. And it really was about bringing wellness home at a time where we were all kind of locked in our homes. So Brown Thomas were beyond supportive and took it on as an exclusive contract for six months. Um, At the time, I'd have also handed over my kids whom I was homeschooling and my husband who was working from the kitchen table so they could have had the whole kit and caboodle if they'd wanted. But certainly the exclusivity, the timing of it was perfect because Jonathan, just as the six months was up, the hotels were reopening in Ireland in June. And with that came the K Club, Mount Juliet, Fota, Island Resort, um, Hayfield Manor, the Europe, the Dunlow. So I have a beautiful portfolio of spas where we also do the grounding treatments, which is really where my passion lies, which is just helping bring balance into people's bodies and souls. Well, it's a pity. Obviously, Brown Thomas don't sell families uh, because, you know, you probably would have managed to put them up and sell them as well, given the luck that you had. More (laughs) likely. But tell us how quickly they sold out in BT's. 
Do you know what? It was a, f- a phenomenal experience insofar as it was week one. Was it, It's actually on Friday, the 26th of November, they reopened the store. And within the first week, they'd sold out online. And then the second week, it sold out on con- on counter. And there was a moment where I was making the product from home. So it was all being done in the kitchen. And there were nights I'd come in from being on counter in Brown Thomas. And I'd have the fire on. I'd have about three or four hot ports. And we'd have another set of products made by the morning that I'd be wheeling into Brown Thomas mm. as proud as punch to sell out again that day. So it really was an out-of-body experience. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was great, amazing. Now, tell tell us what they are, because again, bear in mind, work with me here. I'm not the type of market that you normally appeal to. So, when you're talking about these products that are for use in these exclusive spas, what kind of products are they? What do they do? So, there's four families of well-being, and the first one and the best-selling one is sleep. So, Colour is your best-seller. The Colour Solve. We have a sleep sound gift set that retails at sixty-five euro. We have a beautiful sleep ritual, which is a smaller set at thirty-five. So, those guys just sell out the door, and you're really giving someone the gift of well-being with a good night's sleep. It's 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 a real, you know, instead of saying it with flowers, you're saying it with wellness. So, it's lovely. And then the next family would be Talav, which is ground and grounding and balance. And that's more targeted at your kind of female audience um, with hormone fluctuations, people suffering anxiety and burnout. That's a really good one for bringing calm into your day versus your night. And then the next family is Bio, which is thrive and uplifting. And it's more about breathing and eucalyptus. And it's a lot of your citrus essential oils, which are really good to cleanse the system, cleanse the air and really bring fresh energy in. So that would be Bio. And then the last little family is a pure dose and it's Kurum and it's about comfort and it's for children. It's for pregnancy. Uh, it's for people who are post-cancer or during cancer treatment where it just needs to be gentle and soft. And um, those little products do really well as well. The mother and baby collection does really well. So they're very popular. I, I, Peggy, I have an idea of, in my head of you in your kitchen, a little bit like the potions room at Hogwarts, adding a little bit of this and a little <laughs> bit of that and smoke and steam rising everywhere. Am I overplaying your kitchen? No, I think there were days during lockdown. My mum was in, in the bubble with us and um, so we had her put to work on the bath salts and she was a scream. It was just, do you know, there was moments in it I look back and I pull out the box of the madness that it was and it was like that. The, the, the hardest part of it all is when you're setting up a business and you're giving credit terms to your customers and your your cash flow at the very beginning is so tight and you have to picture my house as a dormer. We don't have a, we live in the, the attic as bedrooms, so we don't have an attic. And there was moments where I'd be looking for the lavender or the acorns because we package up with little acorns and oak leaves and lavender and stuff. And I'd have bought stuff in and I'd have hidden it in the shed or it would be under Bella's bed or I couldn't find it. And then I'd order more in and then I'd go to the hot press and I'm like, Jesus, I have 500 acorns in here. What am I doing <laughs> buying? You know, so it, it was all over the shop, but it was it, it really was so exciting. The fact that I had customers buying in, people, you know, sending me messages, people coming into Brown Thomas and stocking their arms up. It, there was just a moment where people were buying Irish. We needed a bit of zen in the middle of it all. We needed something yeah. to calm us down because we were all stressed off our heads. But now that <laughs> things have slightly returned to normal, Peggy, are you going to continue providing this to all those lovely hotels uh, that you mentioned there, those fantastic brand names? And are you going to keep 
the, the, the counter going as well? Are you going to keep the online sales? Because it shouldn't just it's, be the exclusive domain of five-star hotels if you need to smell nice. No, I agree. And it has to become more accessible and it has to become more um, mainstream done in the home and children understanding, you know, if they come in from a bad day at school, like I can't cook or bake, Jonathan, but if they come in from school and they've had a bad time or had a falling out with someone, we literally put our bams on and we do our breath work and we do our little rituals. And by taking a child and helping them have tools to manage the stress, it just you take space from the problem and the problem gets smaller and it's it's a wonderful space to be in for children to teach them because scent lives in memory and when you give a child a balm or something and it feels like a hug to them they can bring it to school with them they can put it on at night if they wake up children love little tools they love little rituals so getting self-care built into a child from a young age is a really strong a strong developmental area for kids so obviously people can get to the hotels and, and they can sample it there. But if they were thinking of a nice little Christmas present or if there, there's someone in their life they think would benefit from, from Ground Wellbeing's goods, where can they find it? Come straight onto the website at groundwellbeing.com and we're doing beautiful gift wrap and gift boxes and we do handwritten, beautiful handwritten notes for people. And it's been a real source of pleasure for me. It's been such a privilege to write notes for people from anything from chemo to the birth of their first child or anything. So it's a really very personal space, the gifting side. Um, so come straight onto the website. Yeah, be delighted. Okay, well, good luck with it. Would you make sure your mam keeps up the standards on the bath salts now? I'd hate to think that's going to drop we'll at some keep, stage. We'll, we'll keep her at it, don't you worry. <laughs> Peggy Crowley of Ground Wellbeing, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, lovely, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Take care. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Well, we're delighted to have Ibex sponsoring the Red Business podcast and to talk about that, amongst other things, I'm delighted to be joined by the CEO of Ibex, Danny McCoy, who I've interviewed many, many times before. But Danny, it is great to welcome you to Red Business. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Delighted to be involved. It is a very stressful time for businesses. Uh, Believe it or not, it will be the third year that we'll have had to deal with the pandemic because it started in March of 2020. We've lived through 2021 and it looks like the start of 2022 will be COVID dominated as well, Denny. Unfortunately, that's the case. It's gone on very long. And, um, you know, in that, in that regard, people would have put plans in place for a short, sharp shock have now had to put the plans in place for a lot longer. You know, it's not just that the the virus is pandemic, hopefully moving to endemic. I think some of our business practices have also changed fundamentally. Um, and I think that's why we will see the office being a very significant part of the future. But the hybrid model and the remote working are going to form a, a much more substantial part than we would have hitherto um, expected. Mm, I mean, you, you've got fantastic offices in Cork, brand new offices in, in Penrose Dock. I suppose, like every business, you haven't got the maximum use out of them yet, but you'll be very keen to get down and show them off. Yeah, indeed. So, you know, IBEC is um, near on 270 staff now. Um, we're across nine locations. Uh, and Cork, you know, is, is particularly our second uh, HQ, so to speak, and that's the way we want to see Penrose Docks. So our ambition is to scale that. But right now, um, you know, as we were beginning to head back into more normality, we've gone to about 50% capacity utilisation. With the latest announcement trying to pull back, uh, you know, we'd have gone down to somewhere more like 10% 
uh, to allow people who really needed to come in uh, for maybe for business needs or even just their capacity to work from home is is both not productive and uh, not good for their well-being. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident we will be back in the office environment uh, substantially through 2022, even if COVID pops up every now and then. I think there is adaptive learning, Jonathan. And one of the features I would say is that we're all aware of the experience economy where people have to be out and about, and that's a really, you know, a large part of the economy, but uh, the vast majority of businesses actually can function and can function successfully. We've seen that in the growth numbers in Ireland. You know, 2020 didn't actually go down in terms of GDP because of exposure to kind of very cork-centric industries like biopharma and medtech. Uh, they had a very strong year, so we grew in 2020, and latest estimates for the year 2021 could be in excess of a 15% growth rate, which is kind of remarkable. So I think people need to take a bit of confidence. It's, it's very hard, the uncertainty, but the economy is intact. Uh, the money is out there. And, you know, it'll still be there at the start of 2022. Mm. Um, so, you know, we've learned a lot since last March. Um, I think a lot of people thought, well, this is kind of, you know, the end of the world as we know it. Um, and that we have a really deep recession. Lots of people would have lost their jobs permanently etc. And that, that hasn't actually proved to be the case. In fact, the opposite is we're dealing with excess demand for most things, which has given rise to uh, price inflation and the other aspect, which is rationing. You know, all of us are rationed in some way at the moment, uh, you know, to get office space, to get a house, to get a school, get a hospital, to get a PCR test. <laughs> yeah, every, um, there's a queue for everything. I think, I think we know that. Yeah. But what are your members on the ground telling you about their confidence? Because we are very adaptive as a species. Yes, we, we, we get the odd kick, and by God, we've taken some kicking over the last two years or so. Uh, what are members telling you about their confidence for 2022? Pretty confident. Um, you know, you, the things you think they might be worried about, they aren't. They're worried more about factors of success than actually factors of failure. So their worry is about getting people uh, back to work to get the talent really scarce because one of the, one of the remarkable things about the COVID uh, couple of years is that the labour force actually shrunk. You know, people are withdrawing from the labour force uh, for all kinds of reasons, retiring early, deciding to uh, find themselves in different ways, don't like the job they're in, this is a natural break. Um, you know, young people are likely to leave the island, having been kind of cooked up here for a year and a half. So a lot of the worries actually for businesses is, is can they get people? Um, so there's an excess demand for labor out there and supply is shrinking. So that's probably their number one concern. Concern around people is always a big concern. Who's going to staff the jobs? But we are overlooking what probably will be the thing that history will write about, that this has been the technological age, that the idea of geography no longer being a constraint took hold because a pandemic meant we couldn't travel. And and that's good because we've all these wonderful businesses based in Cork that are multinational, that, that have their headquarters here. It's going to make it easier in many ways for those operations to, to bed down further, to grow because we won't have to spend as much time on planes because we know the technology that exists now means you can do business in Cork as easy as you can do it in New York. Absolutely. And, you know, possession being nine-tenths of the law, as they say, um, 
very often you get increasing returns to scale. So if something is in place and is going through this revolution, it starts to scale. So that's good news for Cork, actually. Um, that's part of our ambition for Cork. We see Cork really growing very strongly over the next decade. And the momentum is already there. It's very tangible. You can see that when what's happening around the uh, Docklands and uh, the great building that is uh, Penrose Dock is is something we're very excited by. So, you know, the Renaissance in Cork was probably stilted a little bit in the Celtic Tiger era. The last decade was, uh, you know, the austerity was, was pretty harsh, but now we've seen the investment over the last five or six years is deep, and that will pay back over the next decade. I'm very bullish about the uh, Irish economy and the Cork region more generally for the next decade. And you're right, if, if this technological revolution that happened 10 years ago, uh, it might actually be to the favour of... Uh, Many regions in Ireland, but mm. thankfully, most regions have you know fairly deep investment. But Cork is a bit of a standout in that regard. Uh, w- when we look at it, then, if we're to look for problems, then you'll always find a problem. You'll always find something that you could have and should be doing better. Uh, the city is going to nearly double in size over the course of the next couple of years, uh, all going well with lots of inward investment. The challenge, Danny, it's a challenge in Dublin, it's a challenge in Galway, it's a challenge in Limerick, is finding somewhere for those people to live. Is Ibeck worried that? all of the employment that could potentially flow into this city uh, could be stunted somewhat by a lack of affordable housing. So even the well-paid jobs, people won't be able to find somewhere to live within their budget. And as a result, everybody suffers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's probably the mismatch we have is that the private sector investment has been gargantuan. And the public sector investment in terms of infrastructure more generally for water services and energy and then into planning and uh, public transportation and then ultimately into the housing stock just hasn't kept pace. And while the government's national development plan and the planning process is, is now trying to play catch up, it's going to be a number of years where this rationing, unfortunately, will continue. And so there will be, you know, some uh, investments that will get postponed but one of the one of the features I think of the technological is that when the nucleus and the kind of the hub of the activity is located in a place like Cork, even that great iconic Apple investment in Cork, you know, when you talk to the guys from Apple, they've got so many people remote working right across Ireland. You know, everybody thinks all the Apple jobs are in Cork. They're not. Like the the main beating heart of the Apple uh, industry in Ireland is in Cork, but it's actually manages to get jobs into all other counties in Ireland and in, in, in rural communities. And I think some of that model is that while people mightn't be physically all in the one place, uh, being in the one jurisdiction quite matters for all kinds of taxation reasons and, uh, and kind of the way the world is moving at the moment is that geography needs to be reinserted as a kind of a locus because... You know, one of the features that global governments are, are, are really trying to catch up with was corporations were moving around the world. Now now the talent is moving around the world. You know, working for an Irish company but living in Bulgaria, let's say. Uh, that's good. You can get the productivity done, but actually the jurisdictional issues are different uh, in terms of rights and in terms of taxation and so on can get, can get complicated. And so the next 10 years, I think there'll be a lot more what you might call nearshoring rather than offshoring. And given that Ireland is a strong economic hub now, that would be to the advantage of Ireland. It wouldn't have been 10 years ago. Mm. And and it helps cities like Cork grow and develop into the future. Daddy, it's brilliant to have Ibeck on as sponsor of Red Business. We look forward to hearing more from you guys over the course of the next couple of weeks. But for now, Danny McCoy, CEO of Ibeck, thanks very much for joining us. 
Thanks very much, Jonathan. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business.